If you're studying for the CISSP, CCSP, or CISM certification, you'll probably get a lot of benefit from the WANA Practice app at wanapractice.com. Hundreds of practice questions unavailable anywhere else, all in a simple interactive format, which you can access through any device with a browser. Check out the show notes for a discount code for half off the regular price. Wanna practice? Success and certification is in your hands. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty. I'm Rafael Fiedler. I'm Joey Police. And we've got another electric episode for you this week. It's electric because we're talking about current events. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad one. I've <laughs> already used it, too. That's the sad part. The last, time you were, I, last time I think you were talking about a stream or something. Like water. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but you're I, talking I about a water current. from that outlet already. Um, <laughs> uh, a few things we got to get off the plate. Um, first of all, we got to give a big shout out to a regular listener and former guest, uh, Mike Allen, who left a comment on the website talking about our Alec Murdoch episode a while back. Nope. Um, updating us uh, and pointing out my complete ignorance and boneheadedness regarding modern uh, bullet sizes and uh, explaining what the uh, blackout round is, um, which is kind of fascinating. But the more important thing that Mike shared, other than money, come on, Mike, buy us a coffee. Um, the more important thing that he shared was a detail from the case about those rounds. And I know, Matt, you'd alluded to some kind of information about them. Um, and Rafti, you had asked if they had found the firearms that were used in the shooting. Um, they have not. But what they did find was other shell casings on the property of the same kind of the caliber and, and round that was found inside the bodies. And those shell casings matched the shell casings found at the kennel and had the same distinctive um, uh, uh, mechanism scratches on them. So basically, if it's a pin-fired round, the way the pin leaves its impression in the primer or, or in the, the bottom of the cartridge can be mapped to each other. It's another way of fingerprinting beyond the ballistic tracing of the rifling on the the round itself. So these other shell casings were found at the Murdoch home next to the gun safe, evidently, uh, and um, uh, on another location. So even though they weren't able to ballistically match the rounds found in the corpses to other rounds fired when they weren't able to find the gun, it seems pretty damn clear that the firearms did belong to Alec and if there was any other reason to believe that he was guilty, you know, now now we have some more uh, evidence pertaining to that. So thank you, Mike Allen, for that. that that's real useful. That's great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, catching up on uh, sort of a recurring theme now, censorship in America. Um the boulderization of uh, popular fiction continues. 
we've talked about how authors like Agatha Christie and Ian Fleming and um, uh, Roald Dahl have all had their content changed. Well, this new one kind of gets into striking at the heart of nerddom. The one they're doing now is Ursula K. Le Guin. And if you're anything of a nerd like me, science fiction and fantasy was your bread and butter growing up. Uh, it is just a, a rich tapestry of content that really is hooked into in the nerd mind. And Ursula was one of the foremost authors of the golden age of sci-fi. Um, uh, you'll probably remember uh, The Left Hand of Darkness and um, uh, what's the starfish one? Arm of the Starfish, I think. And um, the words that they'll be changing due to suggestions from the sensitivity readers are such words as lame and dumb. Mm. Lame in the, like, something uncool or lame in the, I don't know. Unable to use a leg like 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 a as horse opposed to, as opposed to being crippled. Yes, I I, I honestly don't know. And, and of all the words that could be dis used to describe someone differently abled, lame is probably the tamest one out there. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm just I, once again I'm flabbergasted at this this recent spate of efforts. And uh, someone smarter has put it uh, as describing the use of sensitivity readers and expurgation is assuming that every reader is uh, maximally oversensitive and completely stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've, or, never, I've never read this author, Ben, and I, I like you, I I'm, grew up with science fiction fantasy, but now I need to read this author. But regardless, um, does this mean that every book ever published has to be you know refiltered in order to appease the the sensitivity audiences i'm where just does, i can't, where does I can't this wait end? till they get to i can't wait till they get to 1984 and animal farm because <laughs> the level of irony will make the world implode it'll be It'll be just great. And Joey, if you want to start with some uh, Le Guin, I think uh, she also wrote The Lathe of Heaven, which has been made into several different movie or TV adaptations. They never quite get it right, but some are very good. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe yeah. as some interesting tidbits, at least in a German-speaking area, the the we have something similar where people who have been called like our version of handicapped uh, are now supposed to be called people with special needs. Um, and apparently the the group, like those people with special needs, push back against this labeling because um, when you like from from a psychology perspective, people treat others for calling themselves like needing to be treated specially uh, differently. And um, and they're like, I don't need to be treated differently. I just have different needs. Um, and so special is something they don't like. Um, and so um, this is how, how they're pushing back. But the people who are like doing the sensitivity stuff 
don't typically ask those who who the whom this actually should affect and so um this is a change um which is getting a lot of pushback in the german speaking community because they're like we we don't have special needs we we just can't do everything the same can you say it in german what are special needs in german how do you say it mit speziellen bedürfnissen are they pushing back on the number of syllables in that? Because <laughs> I think lame would be much better. Um, yeah. you, you know, it's, the, the I, word like handicapped is uh, Menschen mit Behinderung. So, so it's a little bit shorter. Behinder yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, this has a shortened version, which is used as, an, um, as a slur. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And this is the reason why they want to change it. I want to tell you the irony, Rafti. Um, yeah. Joey, Matt. Who wants to be the first one to explain to Rafti what special needs means in America? I don't know. What does it mean? <laughs> I mean, I know what it means. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with Matt. What, what, what are you getting at? In, in the U.S., the term special needs has been adapted for the mentally handicapped. Oh, right, right. Yes. Instead of using what we now call the R word. <laughs> um, yeah, and and I'm 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 reluctant to even say the the litany of words that we grew up with as as kids, but you know you know things that were were common. Um, idiot, for instance, yeah. came from or or imbecile mm -hmm. or moron or yep. uh, dull normal. There were a lot of which at the time were medical terms uh, that became slurs because right. as soon as you apply it now, now I will say this, I mean, in terms of, you know, I'm never one for being overly sensitive, but I do understand that words can be weaponized and that if you group people according to any kind of characteristic, that grouping can itself be used exclusionarily. If that's a term in an exclusive way, how's that in a derogatory way? Um, so I, I kind of understand that, but I just find it very funny that the Germans went and picked a word that means something completely else here in the U.S. Yeah. Um, if you translate it literally, of course. I don't know okay. what. <laughs> um, okay, so this brings me to my final uh, contribution to this week's current event. Another very crucial aspect of nerd news. Are any of you familiar with Dungeons and Dragons. Absolutely. Oh, yes. God. <laughs> you nerds. <laughs> Matt, you can just go ahead and mute yourself right now. Uh, or, as we would say, make yourself Roll to... dumb. Roll to hit, <laughs> Dumb is the clinical term for mute. Uh, so, yeah. um, <clears throat> the current owners of the Dungeons and Dragons property, the horrifying Wizards of the Coast, have announced a new rule change to the basic rules of D&D. There will no longer be the character classes, the character races of half-elf, half-orc, because Wizards of the Coast has determined that any race description that begins with the word half is in itself problematic. So. In order to address this racial difficulty, Wizards of the Coast has decided that every player will now be forced to choose which race they belong to. Which, to me, again, I, f I find some irony here, because that <laughs> sounds a hell of a lot more racist than 
allowing yourself to be of a blended biracial archetype. What do y'all think? Well, you know. Okay, Matt, we don't need to hear what you think because we know your take on Dungeons and Dragons. I was going to say that I identify as half asshole and half jerk, and I don't like being forced to to, to pick whether I am an asshole or a jerk. So it's uh, half hillbilly and half redneck, right? I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some days I wake up and I'm more hillbilly. Some days I wake up and I'm uh, more redneck. Uh, just depends on whether the gun's loaded or not. <laughs> Joey says we 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 got to roll a saving throw against this joke. Um, uh, Joey, uh, good. What, what's your impression here? Are you, uh, uh... It, 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 first of all, it raises my blood pressure, right? When I hear things like this and I, I need to realize that that's the world we unfortunately live in now. Um, I, I agree with you, Ben. I think that by, by segregating that and by making everybody choose what race, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're just, it, it, it goes against everything that makes choosing your character it goes against all of it with dungeons and dragons it's yeah no i don't i don't i don't i don't buy it uh rafi i see you nodding along are you an aficionado of dnd as well <laughs> no yeah but i thought um you were speaking about other news this is apparently not that current so it doesn't fit but i thought you were going down the route where they had some changes in regards to the license and so a lot of like fan fiction was under threat of not being like able to be redistributed for the future because oh, we're talking and, about books. So and they're stuff. not just racist; they're draconian, authoritarian assholes too. Uh, yeah. Why am I shocked? Those two they're things kind of called... go hand in hand, don't they? <laughs> yeah, and they're called Wizards of the Coast. I don't know. <laughs> well, see, here's what? the problem: Dungeons and Dragons originally came from a wholesome Midwestern background as TSR in the optimum state of Wisconsin. And in fact, as a young man, I attended Milwaukee's Mecca Auditorium for one of the early Gen Cons, the Geneva Convention, where D&D first, you know, really made use of its widespread acceptance among the nerd population. When they moved it out to Washington State and it turned evil and authoritarian and racist, no one should have been surprised. Get this. Here's how they're also going to address the change. They're going to change the term race, which has always been a bit of a misnomer, to species. Because insofar as elves and dwarves and orcs are all bipedal humanoid creatures they are different species now i forget my high school biology and this is probably i'll change since then rafti you are a biochemist can different species interbreed mm, it depends usually the result cannot um reproduce infertile, like a like yeah. a mule from a horse and a dog exactly Exactly, exactly. But even like when it comes to to dog breeds, some breeds cannot um, reproduce at all. So it's a little bit more complicated um, than just species. And you cannot uh, say like if they can reproduce, they're the same species or like it's it's across. It's races. not a hard and fast rule. There's a nope. huge gray area there. Yeah, okay. yeah. you would okay. consider both of those um, dog um, breeds dogs 
from a species perspective, but some of them can't like are so far away from each other. They, they cannot reproduce. Okay. All right. And that's not just a size thing the Chihuahua trying to mount a Great Dane. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Like okay. right. even with like, um, fertilization and stuff, it's, uh, it's just not possible. All right. So, I mean, I, I just, I, I understand Wizards of the Coast trying to make themselves more palatable, but I think what they've done in fact is the opposite. They've, they've hindered the idea that every individual takes characteristics and traits from all of its lineage, regardless of, you know, nature or nurture. Um, and that makes individuals far more amusing than sequestered, cloistered members of individual groups which which is a homogenization of people instead. Uh, and one of the great appeals, I think, among nerds for D&D was the escapism and liberty to be what you wanted to be. And having a rule set that says you will be this kind of flies in the face of that. And that's yeah. that's a sadness. Yeah. So just out of curiosity, you've been there for the original one? like Not the first one. It was not the first one. It, it was one of the early ones. Um, because I'm that old. <laughs> yeah, I started playing with 3.5, which came out in 2003. So, youngin. <clears throat> I'm silently judging you, Rafi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the first books I got, and then the, quickly the fourth edition, which came out in 2008. But it was like a little bit, um, yeah, it it changed too much. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still trying to get over the Monster Manual 2 updates. That's that's like that's how old I am, you know? <laughs> All right. Well, I encourage everyone to follow my lead and boycott everything D&D &D and just uh just just let it go. <laughs> you are an anti-nerd, Matthew. I find that despicable. With regard to All this right. one thing, yes. <laughs> Um, now on to less frivolous and even more sad news. Um, Matt, do you want to, do you want to do this next one? Yeah. Which one do you want to do? You want to do the, the 3CX? San Francisco. Oh, the San Francisco. Yeah. Um, and I think you know more details about it than I do, but, um, yeah, the founder, and I forget his name. What was his name? Um, gosh, I don't have it up in front of me. Uh, founder of the Cash App, um, big uh, Silicon Valley bigwig, uh, super smart guy. Was Bob, in... Lee. Bob Lee, yeah. Bo oh, okay, Bob Lee. Go, go. He went by Crazy Bob. Yes, yes. Uh, very well known in Silicon Valley. Uh, programmed a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, basically, an old timer in the in, in the industry, uh, even though he was only in his forties, I believe. Uh, long history of successes. Um, very well liked, apparently, uh, was stabbed in San Francisco and died uh, suddenly, unexpectedly, and, and horrifyingly. Um, and details are still coming out about it, but, um, uh, I, you know, I didn't know the guy. I don't know if you knew him, Ben, or if you'd ever crossed paths with him or anything like that. Nope. But, um, yeah, it's it was just a big, tragic um, murder, essentially. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure that more will come out come out about it over, over, over time. Um, I'm not sure who did it. I'm not sure what the motivation was behind it. If it was uh, just a random mugging, which is kind of what the uh, the articles that I'm reading seem to imply that it, he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time and got stabbed. Um, 
I'm sure that uh, Joe is conspiratorial minded. Uh, he could probably come up with some ideas on uh, if there was someone out there targeting him. <laughs> no, uh, and I, I don't laugh uh, insensitively. It's a, it's a tragedy, uh, but yeah, there are conspiracies around this already, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, because um, it's uh, yeah, yeah it, it, it's weird because why is someone who was this successful and uh, uh, you know someone who was well, I don't know. Just it, it, this didn't seem like it would. Maybe this was common for him to wander around. It uh, was it. Do you remember what? Two thirty in the morning. Yeah, Two thirty in the morning. And yeah. when you say wrong place, wrong time. Wrong place is San Francisco, and the time is any time. And, and and I'm sorry. The, the city has descended into just a a, a pit of a horrifying tragedy itself. And I used to love that city a lot. Uh, and the police and some of the news are reporting it as one of the better neighborhoods of San Francisco. So that mm. basically they're tacitly admitting that nowhere is safe anymore. Mm. Um, yes, but why is a billionaire walking around by himself at 2.30 in the morning? And, right. you know, and I'm not going to ascribe anything to it. You know, maybe it was a, a, a night visiting friends and he was walking back to his hotel or whatever it was, you know, um, just feeling good in the late spring and and who knows um but two stab wounds to the chest and the, the the even more horrifying twist matt that you shared um in a link recently was that uh he was actually able to flag down a passing motorist after he was stabbed and the attacker had fled and the motorist declined to render any aid or assistance and he collapsed there on the street and wasn't discovered until police found him in the road they took him to the hospital where he succumbed to his wounds. Um, it, it's just such a nasty, ugly story. And th there's no good thing to say about it, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 And you think about this stereotypical Silicon Valley programmer types like Rofty, uh, you know, even though you're not in Silicon Valley, but you're in the development arena, we're all in the security arena. We all, I, I think that we all tend to think of people like us as being, uh, if, if not a little bit reclusive, at least a little bit more aware of our surroundings and not tending to uh, just, you know, wander around uh, aimlessly. Uh, and especially, if, you know, if, for those of us who are who, who are better off uh, without, you know, a companion of some sort, if not security. But um, nonetheless, uh, yeah, this is what happened. And I don't, uh, I, I wish we knew more about it. I, I wish I knew more about the, um, all, all the things that he's done because, uh, uh, just reading the articles about him, he's he's had a hand in so many technologies that we kind of take for granted that we all know that are uh, just just so common. Um, so yeah, huge loss to uh, the technology industry just as a whole uh, to have to have him die. And there's another horrifying irony aspect to this case: his implementations in technology, particularly Cash App as they become more ubiquitous and widespread, and I've used Cash App, I've used it to pay for contractors at, at, at our home. Um, you know, I've used it to, to give money to friends and, and all sorts of things. That sort of technology will make mugging obsolete in terms of reward because cash won't be as ubiquitous in people's wallets and purses. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. It's just, it's just so, it's such an ugly shade to the story as well. I'm sure if the attacker had held him at knife point and said, hey, text me a million dollars, he could have. Right, right, Venmo me. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
and uh, it's disgusting. It's yeah. really disgusting. And I believe that he also had two children as well. I think he has two Correct. daughters. Two little so, girls. So he they, had they had just left uh, the Bay Area because of its shittiness, like so many people have, uh, and fled to Miami where they had created their new home. But he was on uh, on his way back from vacationing in uh, Hawaii and decided to spend an extra day in San Francisco, I think, to visit some friends as well. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I'm sure that we'll be hearing more about this as as details emerge. Um, yeah, there's no good th th there's no good outcome for any of this because even if it was just a random mugging, it's it's tragic. If this was something else, then that is horrifying. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll see how this all develops over time. Agreed. Agreed. Um, all right. Uh, who's got another current event? Joey, you want to talk about 3CX? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... There Joey's got first-hand experience here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm a little late to the party on this one. Um, <laughs> but, yes, 3CX uh, was reported, I believe, a couple of well, days ago. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, catch everybody up on what 3CX is because I don't right. know. Right, so, it? yeah, so 3, uh, 3CX is a hosted VoIP um, uh, telephone service, and they are a global um, organization. Uh, fantastic um, product. It's just a, it's just a really good uh, phone system, is what it is. And do they come um, from? Does it come from one of the major providers, or is it an independent? It's an independent. It's an independent voice over IP, and they've got a really uh, a really solid product. However, uh, like so many, nobody is uh, uh, nobody is. Uh, impenetrable the, you know everybody is um nobody's invincible right and and we've learned this now again with another large organization 3cx uh they were breached and the attackers uh apparently found two 10-year-old exploits within the windows microsoft windows platform uh through two dll files that if you had patched them um, even way back in 2013, there was chances that the patch would have uh, caused other errors with certificate signing uh, of other applications, right? And even if you upgraded them to Windows 11, it negated the patch. So the 3CX uh, exploit has been... Sorry, Joey, can I, just, can I just drill down on that just to clarify sure, in sure. my own head? So... The patch was supposed to solve certificate signing problems, or the patch caused certificate signing problems. Both, from okay. what I'm from what I'm able to gather. Um, okay. And, and okay. again, I haven't spent a ton of time, you know, on on the patch. I've been spending more time on really what is what is the outcome. What are the what are the uh, uh, you know results of you know, how to mitigate this, you know, okay. because, because so, this has hit I, home with, with some areas in my work. Okay. Can I, can I just boil this down real quick for sure. uh, some of our less technical users and Rafti, Matt, please correct me if I get any of this wrong. Um, DLL is part of the drivers uh, within windows. Um, Dynamic link library. It's a, it's a, it's a library. It's a, it's a common shared library for, for software. And um. <clears throat> Certificate signing has to do with PKI, public key infrastructure, where you have digital certificates that use asymmetric cryptography 
in order to demonstrate the authenticity of the participants in a communication. I know I'm talking to Rafti. Rafti knows he's talking to Matt because we exchange each other's digital certificates and we're able to validate those through cryptographic um, digital uh, signatures. Um, so if, if you modify or didn't modify a DLL that was corrupt and the signatures weren't validated, then a participant to the communication could take part and pretend to be a legitimate participant, and therefore you could do all sorts of nasty, hostile things. Joey, am I getting that right? Is that kind of where, where yes. they exploited this? That can, is correct. Can I, ask, can I ask real quick? It sounds to me, if it's a fundamental certificate signing problem, couldn't the attackers also have used this for other technologies beyond 3CX, and this was just their target of opportunity? So, so let's take a quick step back. From what I've been sure. able to gather, that's just what the patch fixed. Now, the DLL used an exploit, or the uh, the exploit used the DLL to basically infiltrate the system to which they would infect it with malware, which would then exfil data. Yeah, and and Joey, let's take an. Uh, I'm sorry to go any even further step back. You're talking about the endpoints that install the 3CX software. Right, right. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. So, so, so to those listening, this is going to be a week old by the time by the time it gets out there. If you haven't figured this out by now, if you have any customers, clients, or systems with the Windows 3CX app on it, you need to take action right now and get that off. Um, chances are, if you've got good virus protection, malware protection, uh, it will catch it. Um, but, but you know, you always want to you always want to be proactive with that. So, yes, this is only Windows DLL. Uh, exploit with malware. Yeah. So yeah, the 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 gist of the of the this incident is that three CX somehow they themselves uh, were targeted, and three CX releases updates regularly through their cloud uh, update platform, much like Windows Update. You know, if you have the three CX software, it goes out, it, it it touches the software and says, "Is there a new version?" If yes, then download it and install it. Someone, and I don't know who, I don't know if it's even been identified yet, uh, was able to get into that update server and basically put in an update to the 3CX software that had malware in it. But because that software was then digitally signed by 3CX, it was installed automatically on every 3CX customer. So all of these, these endpoints, all of these Windows machines that automatically get these updates, then downloaded and installed malware. Okay, so so it really had nothing to do with certificate signing because they had the legit 3CX signature, right? They right. had right. they had the certificate. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this was what I this was what I was curious as well because like we are of course saving signing our installers and we're signing our updates as well. And as far like okay, so uh, but if the DLL or if they would have accepted a different um um basically a different um certificate, somebody could have just like uh ping like access the software locally or like maybe remotely but your software specifically get it to to pull an update check the certificate and then maybe install it you're sure that they are on the update server itself because like it, it, as far as i understand it so far because like the certificate was the issue and um, Ben, you said earlier for communication, that's true, but also afterwards, just like for the install process. And as far as I understand, Windows only checks it during the install process. Macs uh, do this on every start, which 
caused other issues a, a while ago. But I don't know. Like we are, like from from how our software works, um, this is. Um, I, I think somebody could do it like this, but we're checking, of course, against our signature key before installing the update. Yeah. So, Joey, way... is it is it pretty clear that they were subverting the three CX server? Yes. Yes, it is, and they they've. Uh, you know, if you go to 3CX website, there's a blog out. They're trying to be as transparent as possible about this. How they were. Do, do we know how they got in to 3CX? I don't know the details on that, Matt. Do you know? Um, no. And uh, the uh, after action is still ongoing. The incident response is still ongoing. Um, yeah, this was a huge thing, uh, though, because this. I mean, huge companies use this 3CX software. And so they were all installing this, these updates automatically. And so they were all breached because if you think about it, this software is already trusted. It's already got that certificate that proves that it's from 3CX. And so it just automatically gets installed. And if you've sideloaded some malicious code in there, it all gets installed along with it. And that's where all this kind of came from. Um, and I believe, uh, I believe it was CrowdStrike. Shout out to, to the security researchers at CrowdStrike who were the first ones to raise the red flag. 3CX did not, now they are being transparent. Yes, Joey, but for the first 24 hours or so of this incident, yeah, um, they're... <laughs> they were on complete lockdown, not incommunicado, not, not really being very transparent about what was going on with their own software, uh, which caused a lot of pushback from the security community because everybody was having to figure it out on their own because red flags were going up all over the place from this software. Um, that was automatically installing itself. Um, and then finally, 3CX, you know, came out and um, uh, gave some public statements and mitigations and things like that. Um, so I don't know anything about this, but I'm going to guess from what you described, the way CrowdStrike and others detected it was the exfil. They saw a spike in outbound traffic. Yeah, that... yeah. so they were looking at heuristics, basically, other, uh, uh, other ways you can detect uh, that something is going on. Um, and yeah, Joey was mentioning those DLLs that were that were in there. Um, it was the DL. It was two specific DLLs that were in this install package that were specifically the malware uh, payloads um, that were meant to look like and act like other legitimate DLLs, but were actually malicious. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm sure that, that there's probably a big blog write up. I haven't gone through all of the the, the reading yet, um, but that's on par with the sensuous sounds of infosec to not have all of the information or do all the research <laughs> required to talk about this stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, that's where yeah these other researchers who have extensive uh, security in depth, uh, defense in depth, and stuff like that, we're, we're seeing all these other uh, signs that something was very wrong, and they were able to quickly pin it down that, oh, th it was this 3CX update. And then they started putting out the alarm to everybody else saying, stop updating your 3CX, get rid of this a ASAP, um, and uh, make sure that all your, your antivirus and stuff. And I'm not sure how quickly the antivirus pro uh, community got uh, the signatures out. I think it was pretty quickly, though. Um, but the reason I wanted Joey to talk about it is because Joey and I were walking into a client together this morning and I just casually mentioned to him, oh, hey, we're doing a podcast with Ben and Rofty today. And Joey goes, what's the topic? And I said, oh, I think we're going to talk about 3CX. And he goes, he stops in his tracks and he looks at me and he goes, what's going on with 3CX? I said, oh, you haven't heard? <laughs> because it's been in the news for a couple of days now. <laughs> I said, go, go, go look it up. And the, what I didn't know at the time was I don't have any, any clients on 3CX, but Joey does. And I didn't realize that. And Joey immediately had to go into mitigation mode. Thankfully, 
uh, and Joey, you can talk some more about this. He already had uh, defense in depth on all of his clients, and 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 they had been catching all of this stuff without his knowledge. <laughs> so thankfully, that it, it wasn't a big deal to him. But you can talk. That's some another more about great that. advertisement for defense in depth construction. That, that's how our architecture should <laughs> be. Egress monitoring is just as important as inbound scanning. It, that's fantastic. I love that. Yep. Yeah, it was a it was an adventurous morning to say the least. Um, uh, you know, un, unlike uh, Matt, I, I, there are. Oh, we just lose you, Joey. Joey, you just dropped a sec. Try again. His, his earbuds just died. Joey's on mobile because he's out doing other things today. He's fixing <laughs> all his clients with three CX. Yeah, right. <laughs> Either that or three CX just got into his earbuds and <laughs> shut him down. <laughs> well, I, again, I like good. All right, you back, Joey? Go ahead. You yeah, yeah, out. I'm back. Go ahead. You said, unlike Matt. Oh, sorry, I didn't know that you catch. I didn't know that you didn't catch that. Um, I, I was going to say, unlike uh, unlike Matt, there there are there are so many different news venues and blogs that, um, you know, report on the current events, and it's difficult. It's difficult to keep up with everything. You know, and what's legitimate and what's not, what's a false positive. Um, and unfortunately, this was one where, yeah, I found out, you know, a day or so late. Uh, but the good news is, like Matt said, tools were in place and systems defense in depth was in and, and there was no harm done. And I love how one of our incident detection mechanisms, one of our early warning is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it really is. We are a very cooperative society, us InfoSec people. And, and just the fact that Matt had heard something that Joey hadn't helped Joey's clients, you know, in getting that alert. That's that's very cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. 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 Joey was pulling up his dashboards while we were at the client and, and checking on his clients that have this software. And and uh yeah, he was able to pull up and see exactly that the 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 defense that he had put in place had already caught it, had logged it, had quarantined it, and uh, cut it off at the knees. So, yeah, uh, gold star, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> BlueEdgeNetworks.com. <laughs> oh, wow! Wow! Well, hey, that's what that's what makes our. Uh, our career uh, uh, exciting and adventurous, huh? <laughs> or if you're Joey, he's sitting across the table looking at me going, why do we do this job? <laughs> <laughs> I literally said that. <laughs> I literally said that. <laughs> because that's where the money is. <laughs> all right. You know, um, you know could, I, could I say something else real oh, quick? You say it, yeah, please, by all means. 3CX is just one of how many systems that now have been breached. And whether it's Kaspersky or whether it's um, uh, Target or Chase Bank, it doesn't matter. It's, I really believe it's just a matter of time before whatever favorite you use gets breached. Um, password agents, um, um, yeah, you know, LastPass, exactly. And it all comes down to just like you were saying, Ben, and what Matt was saying, having the proper um, tools in place is, is, your, is your first line of defense to help mitigate that when the attacks happen, okay, do we have the sentries out there, so to speak, to, to begin doing their job? Because it's just a matter of time. And I say that because 
Matt and I run in circles of, of various security professionals and, and IT professionals. And everyone says, oh, I don't like using this or, oh, I don't like using that because of A, B, and C. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All of the flavors to me are the same. They all do the same thing. It's just a matter of time before they are exploited and there's a breach of some kind. So anyway, that's just me giving out my two no, cents. No, you, you are absolutely correct. And I think, I, I think I've talked about this before is back in the 90s, everyone had the fortress mentality. We will not be breached. Zero tolerance for any incident which was a stupid philosophy because there ain't no such thing. Nobody can be bulletproof. At some point, it all trends toward one in terms of probability. Everyone will be breached at some point. I think what we've come to now, and it's much smarter, is continual monitoring, is defense in depth, zero trust, and being able to respond when we do get popped. Because everyone's going to get popped. So, yes, Joey, I'm with you 100%. I, I think you are absolutely correct. And, and, and even at some point, one of your security tools is going to get popped, which is another reason why you have defense in depth, because you should have a variety of tools of differing types at differing layers. And that's really crucial. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The fortress mentality that you talk about, it, it assumes that you put all of your effort at the edge where that's facing the threat, but then what happens once the threat does get past it, because it will, and then you have nothing mitigating once it gets inside. You know, th th there's a reason that your uh, circulatory system has red blood cells, because it doesn't assume that the skin is going white, to- White blood cells. Pathogen, or white, white blood, blood cells, okay. <laughs> Did the red ones, do they carry oxygen? I'm sorry, rock, yes, rock yes, 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 hemoglobin. I'm using a yes. metaphor. I'm using a metaphor I have no right to be talking about. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> No, but especially with, with policies like bring your own device and stuff where you have um, devices going in and out of different networks and some of you control, others who don't. And now with with IoT devices getting more and more, and we talked about this a couple of like uh, weeks ago about your fridge, Matt, like where you don't know if it has any security updates. So our home networks are getting more and more like punctured through and um we're not updating everything some stuff just doesn't have updates you know and um yeah, it's it's difficult no absolutely yeah my absolutely. own home wi-fi network is zero trust i don't trust any device yeah. that's on my wi-fi network and it's my own network <laughs> especially if you have kids because yeah, they are little chaos monkeys <laughs> <laughs> yep. Never underestimate the power of a child with an iPhone and Wi-Fi connection and the destruction that they can wreak. <laughs> so yeah, no, all good, all, all really good security principles. Very, very good, Joey. Thank you for sharing, and and good luck on getting your clients through it. Yeah, no, I I want to tell you the majority we're 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 through the storm. Um, yeah, with with almost zero um issues. So yeah, we're good. Excellent. Can can I ask? I mean, uh, and again, for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with telephony issues, um, voice over IP is a way to use your internet connection to have voice calls and and I think video now, right? Um, yes. So that you don't have to have a separate phone line and you don't have to have like a PBX or any of the other things that we used to have in small businesses or even large businesses to have people make phone calls, to have your employees be able to make phone calls. Um, so my question is, if these clients were almost exclusively 3CX users, what have they 
um, failed over to in the meantime while they don't have access to 3CX. So they all using their smartphones. So, so really what this exploit was, was the soft phone client on the PC. Right. So there, so what 3CX offers is yes, you can have a handheld device that connects onto your desk that runs a little, you know, Android type, um, whatever your flavor of phone is, whether it's yay link or whether it's, you know, product A, B, or C. What this, what this uh, exploit hit was the soft phone that's an application that's installed on the computer. So if you don't want a phone, you have a headset at your desk and the phone rings at your computer and you have your contacts and you have a dial pad and every, just like you had a little mini soft phone. That's what this affected. So their their SIP trunks for for phone lines coming in, they're fine. They're business as usual. Phones oh, okay. Are oh, okay. So they yeah, still yeah. have the handsets. They yes. still have. Okay. Yes. Okay. This is for the users that that if they had this installed, um, you know, maybe they maybe they have a laptop, and when their phone rings, hey, now ring the computer because maybe they're in the field, right? Gotcha. And that's gotcha. how that works. Okay. All right. Good. Good. All right. So it wasn't as big an impact as it could have been, and. And that's good for you and your customers. Good. Yep. Good. All right. Um, anything else? Now, Rafti, in terms of current events, have you decided on a venture capitalist that you're going to let uh, own uh, 80% of your juicy, juicy property? <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's less than 15 that we're, we're sharing. But no, no, it's open till end of April um but there are requests coming in so very lovely have you been taken out to a lot of dinners and um uh shows and hunting expeditions and bordellos while they're courting you and trying to get you to to let them invest in you um in austria this there the climate around this is not too well so i'm getting a lot of late night calls from the u.s this is what i can share with you (laughs) I, I I might be coming over for the last one, and I I will see. Maybe there will be a hunting expedition. Who knows? No. Um. But the funny thing is, I typically talk about um, stuff like this with them, like the last pass breach and how like our solution as a distributed firewall is very good in defense in depth and can actually help in regards to this. So, very on topic for today. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And if you do come over. Uh, I won't take you hunting, but I will take you shooting. The the, the only thing you'll be killing is clay pigeons, but uh, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, it would be exciting to have Rofty in the United States because uh, I, I don't think any of us have actually met Rofty face-to-face yet. Rofty's an AI. He doesn't exist. <laughs> he's, he's a deep fake. <laughs> he's, a, he's a GPT. <laughs> yeah. He, he was designed to be as cuddly and Austrian as we could ever imagine. And, and to deceive us into believing that Austria is trustworthy. <laughs> In which case our defenses are down because we right. are Rofty. You've breached our perimeter. <laughs> you found your way into our hearts, Rofty. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> I would love to come over. I would love to come over and and on that topic I can share I shot my first um long rifle. Oh. Like I think a couple couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. It was very yeah. fun. Are you good at it? Yeah, yeah. Um I hit uh, in the circle I think two out of three shots, my first three shots and one bullseye. So outstanding from what distance? 100 meters. Not oh, sure. Oh, very nice. 
yep, yep, yep. With the hunting rifle, my brother is doing a hunting, <laughs> his hunting license in Austria. Congratulations! And, and, and I, you already said maybe we will do an episode about um, different gun laws, but apparently <laughs> Austria is very loose on gun laws. For some reason, pump-action shotguns are not allowed, but the, the gas ones, auto-reloading, allowed. Every Austrian could have one uh, loaded underneath their bed. Um, <laughs> you know, but nobody has it. That's bizarre <laughs> to me. I, okay, all right. We should we should do some crazy gun law episode. Uh, we'll make an American out of you yet, Rafty. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm allowed to shoot it in my backyard. You know, there are laws about this. <laughs> we'll get you. We'll get you to Louisiana. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else, gentlemen? I don't think so. Nope. Excellent. Until next time, I'm Ben Maliso. I'm Matt Snotty. Rafael Fiedler. I'm Joey Police. Catch us again next week for another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. Hey there, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, boy, that's a lot of letters, or other InfoSec certifications? Go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com. That's spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A-C-I-S-S-P.com. We are on Discord. Engage with us by searching for the channel WannaBeACISSP. Feedback or questions on what we discuss? Send a good old-fashioned email to Ben at BenMaliso.com. You may hear a shout-out or your feedback on a future show. We're all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. Support Joey's company, Blue Edge Networks, at blueedgenetworks.com, and listen to Joey's podcast called Topic of Choice at topicofchoice.com. Join us on Reddit at slash r slash ssoi underscore fans. All opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and for entertainment purposes only. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies, affiliates, employers, guests, or even each other. No advice given here should be followed without consulting with a professional for any specific InfoSec situation you may experience.